0: Welcome to the Rockin' Life podcast, Rockin' Life After Divorce. And uh, today we have Tiersi Hadlock with us today. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on board.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you're from Utah,
1: right? I am in Utah, the beautiful state of Utah.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, have, I actually used to live there many years ago. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. I, I really love it. So I, wish, I have a very, very good friend that lives up there. And uh, someday I'll make it up there again.
1: Yeah, so, you need to.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, this podcast, the, the vision of the podcast is uh, to help people uh, move through, navigate divorce in a good way, and for this to bring hope to people. And uh, I know that that, that is actually the, the reason why you wanted to come on to make a difference in the world, right?
1: Mm, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, people
1: aren't alone in this experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it can be rough at times, but it's important to take one day at a time and but also moving forward. And mm-hmm. uh, I know in Utah you have a lot of mountains and this is called the Rocking Live podcast. <laughs> so it, that's that's a good combination. I love
1: it, <laughs> I love it, I love
0: it. But I've actually climbed from the bottom of Snowbird to the top many, many years oh, ago. Nice. And uh, that was a beautiful climb. And that that climb, uh, to do difficult climbs, that wasn't too hard, actually. But to, if, to do a difficult climb, you're always going to have paths that are easy. And then you're going to have paths that are hard. And when it's like hardest, if you're going to climb Mount Everest, it's very stupid to go up there the first time without a guide. Wouldn't you consider that pretty stupid? Oh,
1: Uh, Yes, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, even even if
0: you're well-trained, if you haven't gone that path before, you're going to need to have a guide or somebody that's gone before you. And the same thing with life. When you hit these roadblocks or difficult paths in life, to, to go by yourself is very, I would say, stupid. It's not very wise. And that's what I want this podcast to be. For you to listen, hear other people that gone through, uh, done the journey before and bring hope to you. And uh, also we bring in coaches that also share their expertise about helping people and uh, also to share that it's not bad to ask for help. I think it's very wise to ask for help. And uh, I think we guys have a harder time asking for help than, than women. I think that's mm-hmm. That's probably pretty common, and I want to be inspiration for for guys as well. It's actually sixty percent guys are listening to this podcast, and and uh, about forty, thirty, forty percent women. So I think that's cool. Wow.
1: I think that's cool too. Yeah. I do,
0: and uh, and I want to share inspiring stories, people that have gone through the journey, and uh, we're not finished. We're in 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 works, and uh, <laughs> uh, doing the journey together. And inspiring other people to do this journey, and uh, you are the author and finisher of your own life, and uh, it's been on. A, you're in an epic journey, and to let go of the life she planned and to create a life she loves. I really enjoy that uh, headline or, or starter of this podcast. <laughs> Can you share Thank a little you. bit more? How did you come up with that introduction?
1: Uh- well, I needed to pick something that meant something to me. Um, one of the things through divorce that I really struggled with was the complete lack of control that I had because I wasn't the impetus for the divorce. I was actually blindsided by his unhappiness. And uh, so it happened very quickly. And so for me, there was a lot of things Elements I just didn't have control over. So it's taken some time in my life to regain that. Um, I don't even know what the right word would be, but to feel like I have control over certain elements of my life. I knew I didn't have control over the divorce happening. What I did have control over was how I reacted to that and I needed to take that control back. And so part of that for me was creating a life that I love. It's been a struggle. It's been a great journey. I uh, have learned so much and going back into the marriage that I had, it would be really hard knowing what I know now. And a big, what was really important for me was getting back to a life that I loved. I was happy married. I, I had a great life and I enjoyed that. And so I needed to be able to enjoy life again. I have always had a bubbly personality, and I knew that was where I wanted to go. I did struggle in the beginning of the divorce to figure out how I was going to get back there.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, how long ago was the divorce?
1: Um, it was five years ago. The five-year anniversary of him leaving, uh, asking for the divorce, was the beginning of this week.
0: Wow. Yeah, I've been yeah. divorced just over five years and uh, yeah. got them perspective to it. But uh, uh, divorce can be very difficult. It was uh, the most difficult thing in my whole life. And uh, I have to deal with going from having a family. I was married for 20 years and um, having uh, the the family unit. And then that I think for for me, I, I did not initiate the divorce and uh, I uh, Went from having the family have uh, four kids uh, and then not seeing the kids, you know, barely at all. It, it took a very big toll when it came to loneliness and uh, depression to, to a certain extent going down. And it took quite a while. And I've shared about that in the previous uh, podcasts. And, uh, and I know you dealt with loneliness as well. And how did you learn to get comfortable being alone and uh, to deal with that loneliness?
1: (laughs) That is such a good question. Uh, It's probably one of the elements I've struggled with the most because I am such a people person. I enjoy being around people. I love people. Generally, I just love people. And so the loneliness is inevitable. You just have to know that it is inevitable, especially when you go from sharing your life. Um, you had 20 years. I had 17 years. Um, sharing your life with someone then to doing all those things alone. And so I think first and foremost is letting yourself have what I call as the mean season, which is that whole year of first. It is it is the mean season. Um, your first, you know, your first Christmas, your first birthday apart, your first wedding anniversary. It's a lot of emotion, a lot of feels. And um, I think you just have to accept that you're going to feel lonely, you're going to feel depressed, you're going to feel sad. And it is okay. And if you didn't, then there would be something wrong. I would actually question if you didn't feel those things. And so it's um, accepting that first year is just difficult. And then And it took me, I would probably say it took me a good two and a half to three years. And part of that is, and I don't really want to get into this, um, is the way that I was treated by my, by my ex-husband was a little traumatic for me and I I couldn't wrap my brain around it. But, um, so I dealt with that depression a lot longer than I thought I would. But, so after that year first, one of the things I determined was I will not let a date control me. Like... I'm going to have a lot of October 12th in my life. That was the day that he asked for the divorce. I'm not going to be sad every time that comes around. I just have too much to look forward to. I have too much, too many. Hopefully I have, you know, a good 30 of October 12th left in my life, you know? And so I know it's easier said than done, but I literally am, am like, I just don't, I put it out of my mind. I don't even think about it. Um, If I have a bad day this year, it happened to be a Monday and it was a Monday, like it was a Monday of all Mondays. Right. But it was because it was things happening at work and things happening with my with my daughter. And so it wasn't I really and if the like the thought comes in my mind, I really just push it aside. I'm to the point where I have handled the emotion of it. I can now go. Yep, that was that day sucked and put it that day five years ago sucked. But that's not today. And so I think that was one of the first things that I did that really helped me to – I don't know if loneliness is the right term in that. But it just – I didn't want that feeling um, in my life, you know. And then I think um, there's a lot of positive copings that you can have for loneliness. And I really embrace those. Um, I – one of the biggest things was support groups. I found amazing support groups through Facebook that honestly – Um, um, I got, there were a lot of people who'd been through it, like had experiences that I was needing to, um, I wanted their experience to help me. So you can, you know how you can post on Facebook and ask questions. And so support groups were immensely helpful to me through this, through those groups. Um, I happened to be really lucky. Uh, We were a lot of us were local and so events would be created. So that helped me create a tribe. That was the second thing that I really needed to do, especially going through divorce where I live. I was no longer going to the church that I had gone to for, for all my married life. I was going through a faith transition at the same time. So for me, building a new tribe was absolutely essential and that, and that helped and that gave me an outlet to meet amazing women, women who were also, um, who had been successful. It was great to see them ahead of me and have amazing careers and to be in other relationships. And just, I believe in surrounding myself with people who pull me up. And so I was able to find amazing women and I believe women empowering women is super cool. And then the other thing that really surprised me were the men, the men friends that I have made lifelong men friends that have been instrumental in my healing because either they accepted something about me that, that my ex didn't, or, um, they were just a huge support when I needed that, that masculine support. And I have some really great, amazing man friends that I, um, I couldn't imagine my life without them. So rebuilding that was absolutely fantastic. Um, and I think the men needed me as much as I needed them.
0: Yeah. yeah I think, and, and I keep saying that having awesome friends now, when I went through the divorce, a lot of the friendships uh, that we have were common for friendships. And uh, it was in a, in a way hard to, uh, to keep some of the friends and I had just moved as well. So I did not have a lot of fr- uh, real friends, if you call it real deep mm-hmm. friends that you can talk to and, and share with. So that was actually my counselor that said reach out to a few people that you trust and share what you're going through. And that's what I keep saying to everybody. If you're lonely, uh, don't stay there by yourself. Reach out to somebody that you trust. And uh, for example, a Facebook group, but even better if you have a local people that, uh, that yeah. you can meet up and talk to. Um, and uh, you mentioned church. I've, I myself went through a lot of shame in the divorce. Uh, I, both my parents, uh, they were married until my, my dad passed away. Uh, And uh, in church, they they spoke so much about staying married, almost never talked about uh, divorce. And it became kind of like I felt very bad uh, and I felt like a a failure. And uh, it took me probably a couple of years before I started to feel okay. I stopped going to that church just because of that. I I feel that that's something that the church should learn about because you need to feel accepted and either whatever you're going through and um, I, I had to deal with that, but it was actually a very good thing that I had to deal with it because I was forced to deal with it. And um, mm-hmm. shame can be, uh, I've heard it say, Bernie Brown keeps saying or have said it, shame wants you to keep quiet about whatever you're yes. ashamed of. But I started to share with my closest friends about shame, what I was ashamed of, and then this started dissipating and i think it's shame can be very deceptive i i had no idea really what it was yeah uh, but it's very very nice to be free of it is that anything that you had to deal with
1: um yes so i um yeah there were when i first was getting divorced i did not know anyone else who was divorced and you just don't get divorced in the church that I went to. And so, yeah, I felt that immensely. I did feel all of a sudden I was treated differently and people didn't know how to react around me. And um, it's hard. It, I mean, yeah, navigating that was a challenge for sure. And I'm so glad it's behind me. Like it's it's one of the things I feel is so important during, during your divorce process is – being able to recognize those areas where you see uh, improvement or growth, you know, and one of that is now is I no longer I, I kind of come up with my own definition of failure for marriage. Right. And I know that I tried so hard in my marriage. I tried every day. I was not a perfect person and I'm, I'm OK with the fact that I'm not person uh, that I'm not perfect because I can give mercy to whoever I'm with. And I hope that they could give me mercy back. Right. Yeah. And so um, I think for me, I, I know that I tried everything I could and I feel like I didn't fail. I didn't fail. And so and I think sometimes there's marriages where both people try and at the end of the day, you're like, you know what, we both tried. This just isn't yeah. going to work at yeah. the end of the day. And yeah, there is okay. so much respect. Yep. I feel like in that situation, there is so much respect, especially when children are involved. I feel like they deserve both parents to try. And at the end of the day, I feel like if you've tried, then you can both hold your head high and walk away and create the most amazing co-parenting experience that there is to be had.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is uh, that is so important to be able to, and, and to deal with that. Shame, if you're going through shame, to deal with it, to, to have a counselor talk to, have uh, talk to friends. and uh, Yeah,
1: I'm, for sure. You know, one of the things that I found really interesting for me that brought me a lot of shame that I laugh at now but was not wearing a wedding ring anymore. Yeah. For some reason, not having a ring on my finger did bring me shame. And I was like, wow, like where is this coming from? I don't know that I ever truly figured that out. Uh, but that was... I would probably say felt that way for a good year, year and a half. Like wow. now I'm don't even think about it, not wearing a ring anymore. I, I mean, I have rings, but to not have a, my wedding ring on was, was really shameful for me, which still to this day, I'm like, why did I feel that way? Uh, but, um, I mean, and again, it's an area I can see growth and progress. Like I don't feel that way anymore. Things do get better. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh just a quick question uh what do you wish you would have known about divorce before you were actually getting divorced?
1: Wow um yeah there's that's a good question um I think first and foremost that I wish I would have realized divorce is a process, not an event. so I remember um I was a stay at home mom, I helped in my children's school, I was the PTA equivalent president. It was a charter school, so it was the equivalent. And I remember seeing someone in the copy room and listening to her talk. And then I said, I, you know, I mentioned her by name and I'm like, did you get a divorce? And she's like, yeah, I'm divorced. And I was like, okay. So in my mind, it like transitioned so fast. Okay. She's divorced. And then when my divorce came, it was like, whoa, this is a process. There's the physical divorce. There's the financial divorce. There's the legal divorce. And finally, there's the emotional divorce. And the thing is, is divorce is different for every couple, right? My divorce is not the same as your divorce as the other people you've interviewed. And what's even more interesting and intriguing to me is that the same divorce for the same couple is not the same. And so I, it is, and you hit those stages that I was talking about different times as a couple, I mean, physical, obviously you hit that at the same time as a couple legal at the same time, financial, mostly the same time, but that emotional divorce, it, you're in very different stages, especially if you're the spouse who didn't want it versus the spouse who did. Yeah. And so um, absolutely. That, and that emotional divorce is, you know, those five stages of grief, because divorce is a loss. It is a loss of hopes and dreams. I, I personally have a hard time when people congratulate people on a divorce because I'm like, wait, this is, while it, I mean, I get some divorces need to happen, and, and I'm not talking about those divorces, but where it's too mostly healthy people who just didn't couldn't quite make it work it's sad it's a loss of hopes and dreams
0: it's a morning
1: and it is and it needs to be like i needed that time to be able to grieve i um and it's hard because again my time frame was different than your time frame i'm sure my time frame i'm sure there were people who were like come on tercy like get it together it's been a year and a half now it's been two years but I alluded a little bit to the way I've been treated. I had a therapist who told me um, my divorce was final in April and this was June. And he's like, I think you're still in shock. I think you're just still in shock. And I'm like, I really am still in shock. And so I had to go through those stages. Denial. You know, I went through denial for a really long time. Like, how can this be happening? Wow. Am I really divorced? Like, how is this happening to me? This isn't the life that I had planned. This is not where I thought I would be, you know, you, you often evaluate your goals. Where am I going to be in five years? Where am I going to be in 10 years? Well, five years before I never would have said I'm going to be divorced. And so, um, you know, navigating those stages of grief is it's important and it's necessary. And I don't know, feeling those feelings is very difficult. Feeling the feelings of rejection is very difficult. Feeling, um, very scared. For me, I'd been a stay-at-home mom and I was like, how am I going to provide for myself all of a sudden? There's so much fear and unknown. And then, um, you know, you get, for me, depression lasted for a really long time, more than I would care to admit. That's the other thing I wish I would have known was it was going to take me longer to to be able to move forward with my life than I would have hoped. One of the things my therapist said to me was, you know where you want to go. You just don't know how to get there and i'm like yeah i don't know how to get there
0: so how do you get there how do you go from being lonely and depressed because i was in the same state very much like you but uh, somebody that's listening right now that is in that state what would you say what are the first steps
1: okay that's a great question i feel like the first steps are it's accepting it and it is okay feeling your feelings is so important I knew I had to feel them I could not brush them aside because I did have the suicidal ideation that I think a lot of people have when they go through the divorce and I knew if I stuffed them that it would have gotten worse and I'm like ultimately that wasn't the choice I wanted to make and so it's feeling my being able to feel my feelings and then I used to have to give myself a timer okay I am feeling so much pain but I'm gonna feel it for 20 minutes, I literally would set a timer on my phone and be like, and then after that I had to pick myself up within five seconds. I'd read a book about the five second rule. You you know, yeah. you have five seconds to, to implement action. And then I had to get up and I, you know, whether it was take a bath or go call a friend or go make dinner for myself, you know, like I literally had an action planned at the end of it because I was in so much emotional pain that I could have ruminated in it. And I knew that was a bad behavior and I didn't want to get into that. So it's also long-term, it's not getting stuck there. It's going, I know I want to be over here. I want to create this life that I love. So it's setting for me. One of the things was um, decisions that I made along the way, that I knew would be so good for the life I wanted to create, which I am still creating. One of those was for my career. I was like, okay, husbands can leave. That's okay. But my career is something I'm going to create for myself, and I will always be present for my career. So I started looking around. My family was very big on education, and so education when I was growing up, college was when you go, not if you go. And so that's what I fell back on as as a divorced person. I had a college degree. I'd had a writing career. But I was like, I don't know that writing will fulfill me the way it did before my divorce. I mean, before when I was married, that's what I was doing when I met my husband. And then I had taken that 15 year break after the divorce. He asked for the divorce. I had a job within a month. And I started looking around that company and I was like, what do I want to do? I got hired to be a technical writer and and an office manager and I was like, this isn't what I want to do forever. So I started looking around at the company and I, and I landed on the project managers and then like, I love what they do. They're interacting with people. They're creating these great experiences for people. They interact with a lot of the people in the company that I was working with, right? And I'm like that's what I want. So I started looking into that and researching that. And one of the decisions I made was to take a junior level certification for project management. And it's basically the basics and I cuz I thought I'm making this decision but I don't even really know anything about it. So I fell back on education and I started re- uh, studying for this certification and it was it was a great time I love studying I love learning and so um, I earned that certification and I had no idea the impact that that decision would have really on the career that I have today And yeah. so just a small decision like that looking at moving forward right like I didn't know I mean it's scary for me to change careers like I'm good at writing I could have a writing job like that but I really want to be a project manager what can i do to make that happen and i made little decisions along the way the first decision was looking around the second decision was okay i'm going to that's what i've landed on now what do i do to make that happen
0: yeah yeah i think to have a vision is extremely important no matter what par- type of person if you're in in divorce or not but to create that vision the long-term vision that you can look at and see okay there is where i'm going and then create that process yes. how to get there and that will a lot of times bring you out of this uh, place of loneliness and, and depression uh, yes. and, and have somebody to talk to about it, to have a coach or a counselor or a friend that you can plan with and, and taking these steps. I thought it was very awesome with that, that uh, timer, though. Uh, that's something that I, I haven't heard of, but I, I think it's very important because uh, it's so easy and, and I think men are more uh, inclined to actually commit suicide. Uh, Women think Mm -hmm. about it, about the same as men, but uh, it's a much, much bigger percentage of men that actually commit suicide. And uh, all the men I've talked to, almost every single one has had suicidal thoughts. Uh, And uh, it's scary. Uh, And and to really know that if you have these thoughts to go and get help, it doesn't help Mm -hmm. to sit alone and thinking about these things. You have to go and find somebody to talk to. Because that is you not do. the solution. That's the most egoistic thing you can do. Because the only ones that you can hurt is the the people that love you.
1: So. Yep, I completely agree. And I think part of what helped me dispel those thoughts was letting myself feel those emotions. I the anger was intense for me because I didn't understand a lot of what like as my therapist said, he's like, I feel like you're, the carpet was not only ripped out from under you, but you were pushed down the stairs. And I didn't understand a lot of what happened in my divorce. And I still don't. And, and I'm okay, not getting that closure. I have really worked hard to just be okay with what my thought process is. I, I can tell you a hundred percent. My ex-husband has a very different perspective on the divorce and what happened and what my behavior was and what mine was. And, 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 I, and I'm okay with that. But, um, the anger was intense and I had to feel it. And so there were ways like talking about it helped me out. One of the funny things that I did was I would go on Pinterest and I created a private board and I just, I did what I called angry pinning and I would pin all those, you know, like all the memes about like, I didn't lose, like one of the ones that really meant something to me was, I didn't lose someone who loved me, but he lost someone who loved him and would never have given up on him. So I called it my angry pinning, but it was my therapy when I couldn't get into therapy. You know what I mean? And so I think it's something, a healthy, productive way to get those, to process those feelings. And I felt so understood when I saw some of those things. Therapy was very, very good for me. And I feel like mental health is becoming more mainstream and I'm really glad to see that especially for men. Yeah. Especially exactly. for men. One of my one of my favorite shows on TV is about mental health in men and I have absolutely enjoyed it and I hope it keeps getting better and better and better because I mean there's so much that you know men especially are taught to stuff your emotions. You don't you're the stoic one, you know and and we need men who are more emotionally intelligent. We need men who can Show up for themselves, understand what they're feeling, and then know how to process that.
0: I totally agree. And uh, for me, the divorce was actually very helpful to be able to become authentic and uh, becoming me in a way. And uh, because prior to, I had a lot of masks. I pretended to have a great marriage in church uh, among friends, even though I didn't. And uh, it was a lot of dealing with shame. But whenever I had, I was forced into moving through this and to navigate this. And by doing that, I've actually come to a very healthy point right now. I, I can actually mm-hmm. see so many positive things having to deal with these uh, yes. issues. And they usually say that when you, when you're forced into uh, an unknown area and actually having to take actions, that's when you grow the most. And, uh, especially if you, if you are willing to take the steps and do the necessary things and asking for help and finding that guide around the mountain, wherever you're going to navigate these difficult p- paths. And uh, yeah. that can be a counselor. It can be a, an awesome friend. For, for me, these friends, these close friends, I had, had two roommates that meant so much and they're, they're my best friends right now. Uh, and we were actually going through divorce at the same time. It's actually Lloyd that I interviewed on the first podcast. And we would argue uh, and we would talk. And, and, uh, but I learned so much just by being able to talk to him. And I could hear myself saying, to him, that didn't sound good. Okay. And just keep kind of like trying to, t- trying to work things out instead of just yeah. working it out in your own head, which is very unhealthy, I think, if you do it long term. <laughs>
1: I agree. (laughs) I agree. And I think the essential thing is having those people, those close people that you were talking about that you trust, but they will also call you out on either your thinking errors or the things that you've done wrong because
0: BS. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Like, you know, exactly because we're not perfect. And did I overreact sometimes? You bet. Did I need to be called out on that? You bet. Uh Um, Having that person that, can that you love so much that is like, hey, I understand you're hurting. And so I have a sister who was amazing for me. And there she played two roles for me. She's like, do you just need me to listen to you today? Or do you want me to coach you? And so she let me decide. Yeah, it was really Uh important because there were days I will tell you where I was like, I am so in the trenches of this and I am angry and I'm mad and I just need to vent and I need you to validate that I am Okay, to feel this way, right? Yeah. And then there were days where it's like, no, I want to understand how I'm contributing to this. I want to understand better what I can do so that I can get off this quicker, so that I'm not in suffering. We use that distinction a lot: in suffering versus sadness. The, I will always be sad about my divorce. I think yeah. most people will, right? Like, I am sad that our my children's family unit is not together. It's not mom and dad and the kids. It's mom and the kids, or dad and the kids. It's yeah we do not have a, we have parallel parenting. We don't even have a good par, uh, co-parent relationship, which is sad, but there's nothing I can do about it. Cause that takes two people, but it's accepting like, okay, you know, sometimes I did things that maybe exacerbated that relationship. I have tried to minimize that and not, but you know what? There's times that, oh yeah, I could see how that could be, misconstrued on his side. I'm not saying I meant the action that way, but I could absolutely see how, when he doesn't look at me with trust for whatever reason, and I don't look at him with trust, like, Oh, I'm going to interpret this differently. I mean, it's interesting. I have, um, I have all the emails and I came across one of them the other day that was extremely traumatic to me when I very first got it. And now I read it and I'm like, wow. I'm in a really different place now and had I read that now, it wouldn't have the same impact on me and I think that's part of processing those emotions and why it's so essential and so good and being able to be called out on my behavior was essential to me as well in order to grow and learn because for me, I didn't, didn't want the divorce so I'm like if I'm going to make sense of this, I have to learn this has to be a learning experience and I have to grow from this. That to me was the reconciliation I came to, to how to make my divorce okay in this world because I wasn't okay with it for so long. And I think coming to that realization for me was so helpful. Like, okay, there is good that came from my divorce. Yeah. And it's a hard, it's hard to be able to admit that I, my sister's like, you don't want to admit this. Cause she kept asking me, yeah. What's good come from your divorce? And I would not answer her. I would sidestep it. And then finally, I think it was about two, two and a half years in one day, I went, you know, what's really great? I said, I have amazing friendships and I'm having amazing experiences in my life that I wouldn't have had if I was still married. So I'd gone to Zion's um, National Park and hiked Angel's Landing, which is world renowned and scary, so uh. <laughs> scary because I don't like
0: heights. <laughs> no, but it's so but true. I, you know, I, I usually say that, that uh, having to go through something extremely difficult like divorce, for me, it's it's been an amazing opportunity as well. You know, I didn't want to go there, but I went there. Right. And you can turn nice. your life into an amazing place while going through divorce and make this the launching of your new life. Yep. And I truly believe Yet. that, but it is not gonna, you're not going to feel like that in the beginning. But uh, it's to yeah. hear these stories about people that, that has navigated this in a, in a positive way and find some of the tools to get there. And uh, one of my questions to you is like, uh, what did you learn about yourself that you didn't know?
1: That's actually a really good question. It's been a hard journey for me. It's been a great journey. Uh, I have a friend who is uber talented. Like, he designs, he crafts, he makes things, he draws, he's a photographer. And we kept having conversations. He's like, what's your passion? What are you passionate about? What what can you create? What can you create? And I'm like, "Ah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But then I finally realized what... So what I learned about myself is I don't have natural what I consider natural talents or hobbies that produce something, right? Yeah. I am a people person, I produce relationships. But what I had to do was create myself. So for example, you lived in Utah, you know how fantastic Utah is Absolutely. and if you were Al- It's every time I go somewhere else I'm like Utah reveals its splendor to me. It's one of the most magnificent states I've lived in a handful. I counted it up the other day. I think it was like Seven, eight, nine, ten states. I could not remember exactly how many states I've lived in, but I'm like Utah by far. I miss Maryland. That's where I grew up. That's where my family is. But Utah is super in my heart. And I realized, so this is, um, I started doing, I'm meeting people through that, through my Facebook groups, and I started doing different things because for me, being social was what was important to me, right? That was my passion, but I was doing a lot of things outdoors, and I'm like, I really love being outdoors now, like, but I've created this environment, so I would go with people, so I went to a night up in American Fort Canyon with some girlfriends, and this one girl, it's, she loved the outdoors immensely, she grew up going outdoors, and she brought these fairy lights. And then I had another time where I'd gone somewhere and we, someone's like, I have an extra hammock. Let's go up in the canyon. So now I own a hammock. I own fairy lights. So now I can create that experience for myself. I can create that I am an outdoor person. Yeah. Just like a long time ago, I set a goal to run a half marathon. And when I initially started, I'm like, I'm not a runner. I don't have a runner's body. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to declare I am a runner. There you go. And you know what? To go, girl. I've, I've Thank you. Thank you. It's, I'm very proud of it. I actually ran a very good time on my half marathon. Is it? It's not going to win me medals, but it was two hours in one minute. Wow. And I'm very proud of that. Oh. And so I declared I was a runner. So I declared I'm an outdoor person now. I didn't grow up going outdoors. I didn't grow up loving it, but I sure love it now. And so that's what I feel like creating the life I love. I get to create what I love. I get to declare what I love. It's a choice. And no longer is divorce the focal point of my my being or my existence. Like I used to make everything – if I was having a bad day, oh, it's because I'm divorced. If I got a flat tire, it was because I had to have a go to work now. And I have and I have a flat tire because I'm driving to work and I have to work because I'm divorced. That's no longer um my focus, uh, right? When things happen now I'm like like we had an earthquake out here right at the beginning of COVID, right? And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can handle COVID. I could handle this, but this earthquake just set me on edge." Uh-oh. And so as a divorce <laughs> fault, right? Right? Well, that's what I was saying. I didn't go there. I, I could have easily gone there, but I didn't. I was just—I didn't like that I was alone. But I'm like, you know what? I'm alone, and it's okay. My family—they once they heard about the uh, the earthquake, they were calling and checking in on me, and that's what mattered. And I'm like, the divorce is no longer the focus focus of my life, and I think that is super important. Along with creating the life I love is—that was one of the side effects of it, right? So I declare things about myself now. I've always been a reader. I'm trying to get back to the thing that I love, right? I love reading books. I love listening to podcasts. So I'm finding what I love and I'm declaring I am a podcast listener and I find times. So sometimes we don't all have the, the, I wish I had a gift that could create something, right? A talent. I don't. So my workaround for that is I'm going to create this for myself
0: there you
1: go I, yeah, yeah. And you know what experiences opportunities happen all the time like I drove my daughter the other day to a friend's house so she could babysit I wanted to give her that opportunity and I was I didn't want to come back home because it was an hour away so I thought I'm just gonna stay in Salt Lake so one of the things I did for in terms of this creation that I'm talking about is I got a job where I work I could work eight to five five days a week, or I could work a flex schedule. And I'm like, I want to work a flex schedule. So I work yeah. four nine hour days. And then on Fridays, I'm off at 1030 basically because I started 630. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I can go home and clean and that's great. I can spend time with my dog. That's great. Or or I can go explore Salt Lake City. There's so much amazing things. So in that um, Facebook group, I, I'm asked. What do you guys do around Salt Lake City that's fun? And I got a whole list of things to do. And sometimes it was simple as, "Here's this really great bakery, go try something." Oh, there's this exhibition going exhibit going on in Salt Lake. I'm gonna go to that. And I became comfortable going to those things alone. It took a while.
0: Yeah.
1: Doing something alone like out. that. Yeah. yeah. And I would sometimes I would invite people to go with me, and sometimes I wouldn't. And I'm okay being alone. I. I'm okay with it. It's, I'm surprised because I'm such a people person. But learning to be okay has been a beautiful gift because, yeah. I mean, we are alone. As a single person, you're alone more than you want to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. For me, it was very difficult in the beginning. Close after the divorce, I started dating, online dating for about a year. And then I realized I did it for the wrong reason. I did it because I was lonely. So I actually stopped dating for a long Good time. Good job. And uh, now I'm not lonely. I I haven't been lonely in years. So so it's like I've cut to a very good spot because if you're dating out of loneliness, you're dating for the wrong reason, you're most likely going to find somebody else that's also lonely. So it's like (laughs) it'll be a vicious cycle. (laughs) But uh, uh, one one thing that I've learned, uh, and it it ties a little bit into this, blaming the divorce for everything. But um, uh, I've heard somebody say, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I have a friend that thinks has has talked about that a lot. I'm still navigating that. I think what resonate with more and I'm not saying that thought doesn't hold true. I just haven't figured it out for myself. But as what happened to like, so um, I, I learned something that I called that I call security language. And Um, What it means is, so if I'm dating, let's say you and I are dating, you're my partner. Um, One thing that I have a hard, (laughs) this is hard (laughs) because I'm like, do I trust this environment to share this? But I will. Um, I don't like the thought of being abandoned again. I don't like the thought of being alone. I grew up with a single mom who was amazing and strong my dad was not in my life from the time I was two so now wow. I've you know if I were to go there I could say my husband left he abandoned yeah. me right yeah. I don't do that I don't make that my story but I do have a fear of people leaving and so um if the security language is called I so if you and I were dating my security language if we we're in an argument is hey I know we're fighting right now it's your seat but I'm not going anywhere. We're just having yeah. a disagreement. We're going to work this out, right? Yeah. And so, um, and I'm trying to remember why, sorry, my brain does this sometimes. I can't remember your initial question and why I thought, oh, the, the whole what happens to you. So I was recently talking with a therapist about that whole concept that I was just talking to you with. And he said, you know, the interesting thing is it's called trauma care response is you ask what happened to you to make this your response right like what happened to instead of blaming your partner you're doing this because of why it's well what happened to make you respond this way what happened you know or anyway it's still something i'm rattling around in my brain it's still something that is fluid what it means what happened to me or it happened for me i i think that's a great way of looking at something it's a positive spin on it
0: for me it's become a lot easier to deal with difficult things, because I know that I will move through this. It, it did happen for me, and I actually thank a lot of things that's happened right now due to the divorce. Uh, it's thanks to the divorce that I'm in, in yes. currently in this position, which I'm so happy for. I didn't want the divorce, and it, it did happen, but it didn't it happened for me? Because I was yeah. on, uh, now I'm in. I believe. Where I'm supposed to be, so. But uh, nice. and also about uh, uh, women and men are different. And uh, what I hear is most women they need security, and men needs to be valued. Uh, so it's like different yeah. needs, uh, yes. and it's very important to communicate. Uh, I talked to uh, interview Randy a few episodes or last episode. And he taught, you know, he counselor, you know, he's divorced, but it was thirteen years ago, and now he and his current wife, they coach people, and he's talking about that the importance when you argue, because in a new relationship you're gonna have arguments, but the importance that the man, when you argue, express what you just said, security, that mm-hmm. it's okay, everything is gonna be yeah. fine after we're finished arguing.
1: Yeah. So,
0: so both person and that the man feels valued in this in this situation and to be able to work we're going to work things through so
1: right uh, i think that's important so you know something security language for you it might look like hey i know we're having this disagreement but I really value your input and your decision your input and your thoughts on this let's just take a break and get out of our you know the, the emotional part of our brains let's come back tomorrow when we can actually really listen to each other. You know, I think it's, I was reading a, listening to a podcast the other day about with John Gottman about how much conflict really determines the quality of the relationship. And so learning how to argue and have a disagreement in a very productive way has been very important to me as I've gone through divorce, even though, so my ex-husband and I had very low conflict. So, which I thought, which is, It's interesting when you, when you have low conflict, you think you're doing great, but it's, I have learned like, no, that's actually not a good thing because one person isn't. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so really what's essential is having, learning how to have those discussions in a very productive manner.
0: Yeah. To be able to resolve things. Uh, And that's what Mm -hmm. Randy said. Uh, There's a key to it. And also I interviewed Juan and Olga. They're, they're awesome. But my best friends, Uh, one of my best friends. They're from Colombia, and uh, they have been married for 24 years. They have the most amazing relationship, and uh, I interviewed them mainly to to have people see that having a long-term relationship or having a relationship can be very fruitful. But they've had some amazing arguments, and uh, they they discussed divorce <laughs> as well early on in the in their marriage. Yeah. But uh, they say they never go to bed without resolving conflict. They can stay up until four in the morning I argue. And they, they they never go to bed without resolving it.
1: <laughs> mm. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. Sometimes I need that break. I think it's whatever agreement you make with your partner, that's what matters. Yeah. Some people don't want to go to bed with unresolved conflict. And I get that. For me, I get so tired and I get illogical that I. it's best for me to go to sleep. And then I wake <laughs> up in the morning with a fresh brain. So I think it's just communicating with your partner, right? I feel like the communication I had in my marriage, I realize now I thought at the time was great, but being divorced, I've learned, wow, we didn't communicate at all. I'm sure you do that too. You evaluate like what could have been better? What did I, what was my part? What was his part or, you know, for you, her part, because I want to take ownership for what I did. I want to understand my part and, and whatever made him unhappy. Um, Eight, you know, so you hope it doesn't happen again. But then it's also like, okay, then I can navigate. Like, is that a core, core part of me that just maybe we shouldn't have been together in the first place? You know, we were, we, he was young when we got married. I was a little bit older, but we were still pretty young. And it's like, I didn't know enough about myself. Yeah back then i so think that's you know, also
0: important to have the the conversation and like randy explained it it's important to have like a regular checkup just like you take your car and have your oil yes. change and and fix i think it's important for anybody in the relationship to have a third person take a look because we have all have blind spots i think the world yep. looks like this but then you take take a different person and for them it looks very different and uh to yes. be able to have somebody give input and see. Oh, maybe it isn't like that. So, but we're uh, right. going to round off the podcast here. I, I really appreciate the time uh, with you. It was really, really awesome. And I just want to ask you if you have any ending thoughts uh, for, for our listeners, what, like encouragement, <laughs> hope or whatever
1: yeah of course um I was that person through my divorce especially in the first year and a half maybe even two years who when people said it gets better I'm like no it doesn't just stop talking right like no. I don't it doesn't get better but I am here to tell you it gets better you start um first of all I would say look at the ways you've improved especially with the emotional part of the divorce like if I would get upset it started getting shorter and shorter and shorter and now things happen and I'm like As long as it doesn't infect my children, I'm so, I just let it roll off my back. I'm like a duck, right? Uh So it does get better. You do have to put effort into creating a life you love. It doesn't happen. It doesn't just happen. You have to make decisions that make it happen. You have to decide. Divorce is something that happened. It's okay. Here's how I'm going to react. Here's how I'm going to move forward, going to create the best life that I can have. Because that's ultimately, I get one life. And I want my life to be happy and find joy. And there's moments that are so happy for me. And I'm like, I never thought I would feel this again. There's love out there again. I have found the most amazing love since my divorce. And I feel like that never would have happened. Now I know what it feels like to be so loved. And I, I cherish that. Unfortunately for us, timing was not in the cards, but we're friends and it's beautiful and maybe one day maybe that story's not written but finding it all happens again but it's it's not by accident it's all by design you are the author and finisher of your own life what are you going to do with it
0: yeah there there is hope there's you're also expressing that with your passion i can see you're very emotional right now and uh it's no but it's beautiful to to see that people that can show emotion and uh, be real and being authentic and uh, you're also are stronger than you think uh a lot of times yeah. you don't think you can walk, walk through these hurdles but that uh, is <laughs> so
1: true but
0: both by your own strength but also with the strength of others and asking for help if you're a man yeah. out there listening and think it's weakness to ask for help you're completely wrong it's completely you're completely wrong yeah, it's it's yep. opposite. Ask for help, get some people, get some buddies around you that you trust and share, get a counselor, get a coach. And then this process is going to uh, go a lot faster. Uh, you're going to be able to shorten the time to, from, from start to becoming OK and then continuing going upwards this climb together. And that's what this Rocking uh, Life podcast is about and Rocking Life After Divorce is to bring hope, to bring people to get this hope back and uh, be part of the journey uh, join our facebook group rocking life uh, after divorce and we will support each other we'll climb do this climb together and because i'm on the climb tiercy you're still on the climb uh, indeed and, and do it the rest of our lives it, uh-huh. it's, uh, <laughs> that's the key about life it's it's a journey it's not a, a, a just happening to you it's a journey and it's it can be an awesome journey but you have to take the step yourself so that's a little ending to this awesome podcast. And uh, if you have any questions, please email to rockinglifepodcast at gmail.com. And you can also actually leave a message on uh, in the description below in the podcast. You can record your question. If you have a question f- for me or uh, any of the coaches that come in or any of the, the people that I interview, we have Q&A now and then and we can answer your questions. So have an awesome life. And thank you so much, Tirisu, for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you for inviting me. This opportunity was amazing. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much.